Welcome to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you have questions related to what you hear today, or just want to find out more about the ministries at First United Methodist Church, please visit us online at fumcbentonville.org, or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. That's good Christmas singing, right? <laughs> Um, So we have come to this uh, point where we will hear the Christmas story. And I had a a request, but I was also happy to oblige, to read the Luke passage in the King James Version. And um, and then we will hear the Matthew passage in in the version that I usually use, which is the Common English Version. So hear now the word of the Lord. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Afterwards, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea during the rule of King Herod. Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen a star in the east, and we've come to honor him. When King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote. You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. When they heard the king, they went, and look, The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother. Falling to their knees, they honored him. Then they opened their treasure chests and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Because they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they went back to their own country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our eyes that we might see and know the word you have for us this day. In your holy name we pray. Amen. 
So I bet many of us have Christmas movies that we have watched so often we can quote. And in fact, I bet if you're anything like me, you do quote them. I, I posted on Facebook this question. I, was, I said, just put, put a line from, from a favorite Christmas movie that you love to quote. And the most popular one was, Santa, I know him. The most popular one that people grabbed me and said they weren't going to post on Facebook was Yippee-ki-yay, and I'll just not finish <laughs> that quote. Uh, yeah, now, now Ray wonders if it's a Christmas movie. We're not going to get in that debate today. <laughs> but I do have some Christmas movies that are near and dear to me and, and words that I quote from them. Perhaps you know this one. Fragile must be Italian. Or, um, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. This is a little deeper cut, but one I love to say. More of gravy than of grave. What a terrible pun. Leave comedy to the bears, Ebenezer. Muppet Christmas Carol. I, I bet we all have those. And so I want us to just take a moment. And for those of you that are online, I invite you to share in the thread a favorite movie quote. And the rest of us, I want you to turn to someone right now and share a favorite movie quote. Go, go. You see how easy that was? <laughs> We've all got them, right? We've all got those one, one quotes, those single one-liners that recall that whole story for us. Well, very similarly, I think we do the same thing with the Christmas story. We can, we can put one quote. In Advent, we can use single words. We can say love, hope, peace, joy, and we recall the story. But, but even like, like in the Christmas cards, we've been talking about Christmas cards in the Advent season. This is the Christmas card that I have that says, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. I just read that for you. And that phrase probably sounds very familiar to you, maybe because you grew up in church, and maybe because you watched Charlie Brown Christmas. Right? That's why it's familiar to me, and that's why I was excited to read from the King James Version because that is the version that Linus says, and he just recalls a piece of the story with just a few lines. But what if you don't know the story? When I said some of those Christmas lines, if you know the movie I was talking about, you could follow along, but if you don't, it's lost on you. And all too often, I think we treat the Christmas story in a similar way. We say one little thing and take for granted that everyone knows what we're talking about. Even the story that Linus shares. You might think, if you don't know the whole story, that the lesson from those words that Linus shares is that you should find a really bad Christmas tree and make it pretty. Now, you may say to me, well, who doesn't know the Christmas story, right? It's probably the most well-known story in the world. Well, a few years ago, I was serving in Fort Smith, and there were two young men who had moved recently to the Fort Smith area, and they couldn't find work, and they came to our church asking for help. And I didn't want to just give them some money and send them on their way, um, 
I wanted them to have some dignity, and so I said, I'll tell you what, if you'll show up every so often, I'll find some odd jobs and I'll pay you. And I didn't really have that budget, but I had a lot of stuff to do around the house, so I would just pay them to do things in my office or around the house or whatever. And then after I would pay them for the work that they did, I would take them out to lunch. And so we got to know each other, and they had showed up around Thanksgiving time, so they were still coming around Christmas, and... Uh, I remember talking to them about what, how frantic it was to be a pastor in Christmas and how I just always felt like my head was spinning in this time. And these, these young men were about late 30s, early 40s. And one of them turned to me as we were headed to lunch and said, can I ask you something? And I said, sure. He said, I don't know the Christmas story. People talk about it around me. Like I should know what it is, but no one's ever told me. I know it has something to do with Jesus and something to do with Jesus' birthday, but that's it. That's all I know. Would you tell me the Christmas story? Y'all, I was so excited. Because outside of our children, when do we ever get that opportunity to tell someone the Christmas story for the very first time? But I was also a little shocked and horrified. Because I realized that we as Christians had started treating it like a one-liner. Started treating the story like we could just drop a note about it and everyone would know what we were talking about. But they don't. They don't. We have to tell the story and we have to do, I mean, it has to mean as much to us as those Christmas movies we just turned around and talked about. It has to be more. This shapes our life. It changes our lives and it can change the lives of others. So we got to be good at telling this story. So I'm going to tell the story. This is going to be my third time telling this story. Watch the family service. It's chaotic telling of the story. And I'm going to tell it just from my heart, whatever rings true in the moment. Just like if somebody had asked me, would you tell me the Christmas story? I don't have to quote the Bible. It doesn't have to be exactly quote unquote right. What it has to be is a story that has meaning for you, that you would love to tell. So I'm going to tell the story to you right now. And I'm going to back it up a little bit from the sound bites that I just gave you. And say that it started when a young girl met an angel. Now, in the Holy Land, they tell a little bit different story than they do in our Bible. They say that the angel first showed up while Mary was doing her laundry in the river. Yeah, she looks up and there's this man standing there who says, Greetings, favored one! And she's like, okay. Greetings. I'm going to take my laundry and go on home now. Um, She's a little freaked out by this guy, so she heads home. But when she comes in the door of her house, he's there. And he says, greetings, favored one. And now she is really freaked out. Um, But she knows this is not an average human. This must be an angel. So he has her attention. And he says to her, You have been chosen among all of the women to bear the Son of God into this world. You will give birth to the Messiah. And she says, um, 
have questions. How's this going to happen? She hadn't done anything thus far. She had a boyfriend, but hadn't done anything thus far that would result in a pregnancy. Let's just put it that way. And the, the angel says, no worries. The, the Holy Spirit will take care of all of this. You, you will be given this gift of bearing the child. And it says, just like I read a minute ago, that Mary pondered these things in her heart. She was a thoughtful woman, this young girl. Um, And so she stopped and thought about it, but then realized what God was asking of her. And in the midst of what must have been awe and shock in, in it, she, a faithful woman, agreed. Said, I will do this. And when she agreed... It put within her a song in her heart. And it was a song that she sang to her cousin later. In which she proclaimed that God must be doing something amazing. To take someone who is just a common girl. And ask her to bear the son of God. She didn't see that she was necessarily anything special. And yet God saw what was special in her. And God must be in the business of turning things upside down if that's what's going to happen. God must be doing something incredibly new and life-bearing and freedom-giving. Now she knew problems would come with this, chief among which were that she did have this fiancé. What would he say? And he was Joseph. And we are told Joseph was a righteous man. And what we think about sometimes when we hear the word righteous is someone who is a good follower of the law. And he was that. And so when he learned of Mary's pregnancy, he knew what the law said. He knew the law demanded that she be put out. But he was a righteous man. So he was going to do it quietly. He wasn't going to make a show. He wasn't going to bring any more shame or punishment on her than he knew she would already bear. And yet even in the midst of making that decision, he also gets a vision. An angel comes to him and says, Joseph, Joseph, Mary has been chosen to bear the Son of God. And we need you to marry her. We need you to raise this child as your son and to name him Jesus, to call him Emmanuel. God is with you. That is what we need you to do. And because Joseph was a righteous man who knew that above all, what you should do is the will of God. He married Mary and became probably the world's most famous stepdad in the midst Now, the emperor likes to tax people. In order to tax people, you have to know how many there are and where they live and who they're connected to. And so there was a demand to take a census, and that meant everybody had to go back to their hometowns. And so Mary and Joseph, while Mary was very pregnant, had to make their way to Bethlehem. They make their way to Bethlehem, and they go to an inn seeking refuge. And oftentimes we will hear the story told that they were refused. There was no room in the inn. Jewish scholars read that and say, no, what they were saying was there was no safe place for her to bear her child in such a crowded space. And so instead they gave her this cave where she had privacy, where she had the space to bear her child. And so she was 
in the stable giving birth to the Christ child. And while that was happening, there were shepherds gathered on the hill. And I don't know if you know this about shepherds, but they weren't the most respectable people. They hung out with sheep all day. They didn't smell so good. And here they were in the night watching their flocks. And there's an angel before them. An angel that says the Christ child, the Messiah has been born right there in Bethlehem. And you, you who hang out with sheep have been chosen to be the first ones to go and worship. And then there was a multitude of angels and they were singing glory to God. And the the shepherds were overwhelmed and a little bit afraid. But when it all settled down, they said, we have to go. We have to go find this child. And so they went. They went and they worshipped at this child's feet. And because this is a world-changing event, the heavens started to move and a star shifted. And that drew the attention of wise people from far away. Now, we don't know how many there are. We assume there are three because there are three gifts. But have you ever gone in on a really expensive gift with somebody else? Maybe, maybe it was a lot more than three. We don't know. We know three gifts. However many wise people made their way. And they knew the right thing to do was to check in with the ruler in town. So they stop and check in with Herod. And now Herod's tipped off that there's another king in town. And this does not make Herod very happy. But gives them some advice. Go go check this child out and then come back and report me. And they're told that Bethlehem is the most likely place and the star is continuing to shift and move and they find this child. And they come in awe and realize this is a king. Not any king like they've ever seen before, but one do worship. And so they bring their gifts, they bring gold, and they bring frankincense. But wait, there's myrrh. I mean, you gotta have a dad joke, right? They gave these gifts, which may seem impractical, but were prophetic. Because as they are warned, don't go back and tell Herod, Because this king is going to shake up the world. And people will be threatened by that. Chief among whom are Herod in this moment. They know not to go back and tell him where to find this child. And then they, the family gets another warning in a dream. Flee. Leave this place and go to Egypt. And I have to believe that those three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, all of which were valued in Egypt, paid their way. And gave them safe passage. And from that unfolds the story of our faith. So when you ask me what is important about this story. This story is a story that turns things upside down. This story is a story in which the common among us is made beautiful. And empowered. And brought to life in new ways. And trusted with God. In which those that would have power would be confounded or would find themselves kneeling at the feet of a baby. A baby who would grow up and meet our violence with peace and meet our death with life. 
and who would turn the world upside down for all of us. What a story. This story was given to you at some time. But it's not meant to be yours alone. It's meant to be shared. And so take this story. Take it home tonight. And whatever you, if you're gathering around a table to eat or you're gathering around a Christmas tree to exchange gifts or you're getting ready to watch a Christmas movie. Before you do, tell this story to each other. In whatever way it's meaningful for you. With whatever peace brings you to life. So that when that day comes, that someone says to you, I've never heard the Christmas story. Will you tell me? You'll be ready. Amen. Thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church in downtown Bentonville. If you would like to let us know you were here, follow the link below to connect. To participate in worship through giving, you can give online at fumcbentonville.org or on Venmo at FUMC Bentonville. FUMC Bentonville welcomes all. Because we believe the communion table is God's table, we invite everyone into our church family. We welcome and celebrate every race, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, marital status, age, physical and mental ability, national origin, economic station, and political ideology. We come together in action and outreach, aspiring to follow Jesus' example for radical hospitality, love, and grace as a transformative movement in our community. Please join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m., both in person and on Facebook Live. All are welcome, and we'd love to have you with us. Grace and peace.